Hello everyone, welcome on this Mother's Day. Thanks so much for tuning in. Hopefully you've all remembered it's Mother's Day. Uh, if you've forgotten, you've still got time to send a message or give your mum a call. Uh, we recognise that for, for some people, Mother's Day uh, can be a painful moment, um, but we don't want to miss the opportunity to celebrate mums and all they do, uh, both in their homes, but also in the many mothers who uh, serve in our church family as well, and are such a blessing to us. Uh, before we get into things, we just wanted to uh, recommend a couple of books to you. So, Joe. So the first one we want to recommend is this book called The Good God by Michael Reeves. Um, I know in other contexts I've recommended it before. It is just a brilliant, brilliant book on the Trinity. Um, some of you might think, why on earth are you reading a book about the Trinity um, while you're preparing a Mother's Day talk? But actually, it serves us really well to um, just be remembering who God is as we look at what our role is. And so I cannot recommend this enough as just a really clear introduction, um, but just one that also stirs your heart and reminds us who we worship, a triune God. So read it, it'll do you good. Brilliant. And a quick book recommendation from myself. This book is by Paul David Tripp called uh, An Age of opportunity about parenting, uh, particularly parenting teenagers. And uh, any book by Paul Tripp will bless you tremendously. He's written a couple of parenting. This one for older kids, but also a book which I think is just called Parenting, uh, that covers parenting in general, and they will serve you wonderfully as parents. Um, and one uh, practical announcement before we get into the, the message today uh, you may have seen the, the news this week where Mark Rutter and the Dutch government uh, announced uh, how, uh, as a nation and as a city, we're going to begin to come out of the lockdown, uh, particularly that uh, gatherings of uh, up to 100 people will be allowed to meet from the 1st of July. Uh, as a church, we're just trying to figure out what that means for us and how uh, we begin to relaunch our Sunday life and our community life through the week. Uh, so we just wanted to let you know that in the coming weeks we'll keep you updated as we make decisions and as we figure out what are the next steps for us. Joe. So um, we're going to give you an opportunity to pause your video in a moment and pray together. So why don't you find your Bibles and turn to Hebrews 11 and get somebody or read it to yourself. I find actually reading scripture out loud, even if I'm alone, helps me to really concentrate and focus on what I'm reading. So even if you're by yourself, still feel free. It might feel a bit weird, but do it anyway to read Hebrews 11. But anyway, um, pause your video now. Welcome back, everyone. What we wanted to do on this Mother's Day was take an opportunity to talk about uh, what it means to be a parent, uh, particularly a mother, um, in this season, in a season of difficulty and challenge and uncertainty, uh, and use uh, this passage that you've just read from Hebrews 11 as a bit of a springboard into that, because uh, obviously Hebrews 11 is a wonderful chapter about faith. Uh, I don't know if you've seen those... Uh, adverts on TV or maybe in newspapers where you get a whole load of celebrities all endorsing the same thing. So at the moment, lots of, there are videos of lots of celebrities telling everyone to stay at home um, due to this 
coronavirus. And what that does is when you get a whole group of people giving you a, 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 a suggested course of action that carries some, some weight to it and it makes you think, oh, well, everyone's saying this, then perhaps I should follow the same course of action too. And that's a little bit what's going on in Hebrews 11. The writer is giving us uh, these heroes of the faith and showing us their faith, showing us how all of them in different ways faced seasons of adversity and challenge, some of them terrifying, and yet they all followed God with a sense of faith and purpose. And this uh, chapter is there to show us the way that we can walk, how we should follow God in seasons of difficulty and challenge. And it starts with this definition of faith in verse 1, where it says, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not uh, conviction of things not seen. And that shows us that faith for us as believers comes with assurance, comes with a conviction, comes with a certainty of who God is and what he's done. Because what's important in all of this is not our faith by itself, but what's really important is what our faith is, is in the object of our faith, where our faith is looking to, what's driving us forward. We read in verse 11 of Sarah, who's a wonderful example of a, of a mother in the Bible. It says, by faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even though she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. She was able to, to wait she was able to follow God because she considered him faithful. And that, in, that helped her to, to keep clinging on to the, to the promises. And we need this kind of faith in all of our life. We need faith in the one who is faithful, in the one who has promised. And particularly when it comes to parenting, when it comes to mothering and caring for our kids, we need that faith, a faith that isn't based on kind of idealism or empty dreams. It's very easy as a parent to have lots of dreams and ideas and ideals of what we want our children's lives to be like, and they're not necessarily bad things to have. But our faith, our confidence, our assurance isn't in that parenting is going to be this wonderful adventure or is going to be easy, but our, our faith is in that God is good and he's faithful. And through all the ups and downs of the adventures of parenting, the joys and the hardships that through it all, God's faithful. He loves us and he loves our children too. The writer A.W. Tozer, he said this, Imagination projects unreal images out of the mind and seeks to attach reality to them. That's what our imagination does. It, it dreams up these ideas and then tries to turn them into reality. That's what your imagination is doing all the time. But then he goes on to say, faith creates nothing. It simply reckons upon that which is already there. Faith isn't a creative exercise. It's, faith isn't about dreaming up lots of fanciful ideas. What faith does, it looks at what is true, what is certain, what is sure. It looks at our faithful God and it puts our trust in him. Joe. Keep feeling like we're some kind of news anchors when we like <laughs> swing to the next steps. Now, Joe, 
Um, so um, it's good for us to remember, like Sarah, that parenting is a gift, that actually she remembered that it depended on the promise of God. And for us too, we need to remember that it's a gift and that it's a good gift. Yeah. It says in Psalm 127 that, Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord, the fruit of the womb a reward. And just that this is God's kindness to us, that we get to be mums, that we get to parent. It's a gift from God, but also that they're, that they're the perfect gift not saying that our kids are perfect. Anyone who has met them will know that they're not, but they're a perfect gift. It says in James chapter 1 that um, every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of light with whom there is no shadow due to change. And so we can trust that even in these seasons, even in seasons of parenting when it's tricky, when it's hard, when we don't understand necessarily what's going on, that these promised gifts to us, these gifts of children to us, the gift of parenting um, is a good thing that even in the midst of things being tough, even in the midst of things being unsure, we can just trust that actually um, God can give us everything we need. He doesn't just give us the gift of children and then just be like, all right, off you go, work it out for yourselves. But he gives us gifts in the season, not just gifts of parenting, but just knowing gifts of wisdom, gifts of insight, gifts of being able to know when to close your mouth, when to open it, when to speak, when not to speak. And for us, I know that our kids have been one of the biggest joys in our lives, but they're also one of the biggest works of sanctification in our life. There's nothing like being faced with um, a little version of yourself, um, <laughs> um, reflecting some of your less nice qualities and then being convicted of sin that you know is in your own heart. And so I just know that there's this incredible gift of God that is worked out in parenting of making us more like Jesus as we deal with the sin in their heart it reflects sometimes the sin that's in our hearts that God wants to deal with and so there's this incredible gift that we have in parenting um yeah that is a great joy, but it's also sanctifying. And I know for some of you, as we've already mentioned today, can be painful because you maybe aren't um, mothers in the physical, but actually there's a spiritual mothering um, that we are all called as women to do. And it says in 1 Timothy 5 that we're to treat older women as mothers and younger women as sisters, that there's always been, always God's intention to have um, the church family as a family unit, that we we all have our part to play in um, reflecting mothering, in being mothers, in loving those around us, in nurturing, in caring for. And so let me just encourage you today, even if there's moments of squeeze where it's painful, that actually God has purpose for you in mothering those around you, in loving those around you. I know we have loads and loads of incredible examples in Liberty Church of people who love well, who nurture those who aren't naturally their own. And so we just want to say thank you today to commend you for how you serve. And this isn't just a secondary tag on thing like, oh, you're not a physical mum, therefore we'll just throw you this kind of extra. But actually there's value and there's worth in what you do. So know that what you're doing is important. Matt. Brilliant. One of the, one of the other things we see in Hebrews 11 is that all of these individuals in this story, they exhibit a faith that 
values God above even their own lives. And it talks about in verse 13 how it says, These, They all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. And in this season of the coronavirus, uh, it's definitely strange times. You might even feel a bit like a stranger at the moment because everything feels so peculiar to you. And even in normal life in our city, often if you're watching this and you're a believer in Jesus, it can, you can feel like a, a stranger, uh, an exile, an alien, even in our own city, even in our own culture where things happen or things are said or we watch movies or shows on Netflix that conflict with what we believe. They can, that can be bewildering and scary for us. And it's scary for us as parents as well when we realise that the, the world we're sending our kids into can feel unsafe or dangerous or scary. And we can be tempted to become very defensive of our, of our children and lock them away. Whereas actually God's called us to love and to serve this city, all of us, including including our children. And sometimes, as, as Abraham did, we have to set out not knowing where we're going. It says that really clearly of Abraham in verse 8, that he set out not knowing where he was going, but yet he wanted to follow the promise of God. He wanted to follow the plan that God had for his life. And parenting can feel like that. Even the, the, the decision... To, to step into that world uh, and the, the, your first steps in raising children and as they grow older, sending them off to school, sending them off to clubs and different activities, sending them off to university, sending them off to get married. They're all steps into the unknown. And often we don't know, we can't predict what's going to happen, how they're going to respond, what challenges are going to come their way that are out of our control and that can feel scary, frightening. Yet we're called through all of it to respond how Abraham did. To hold firm to our Father in heaven and to trust him. And we see a wonderful story of this, a wonderful picture and a set of parents that are mentioned in verse 23. Moses' parents. It says, by faith Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful. They were not afraid of the king's Edicts. You can read about that story in Exodus chapter 1. But they're kind of unsung heroes of the Bible. But they, they took a radical step of faith and they ignored uh, what Pharaoh had commanded and they chose to hide their child away. They decided to trust their child to, to God because they had to, they put Moses in a basket and sent him off down the river. So he, their son was out of their control. They didn't know what was going to happen, but they trusted him to God. And that's what we have to do with our lives. We trust our future to God. We trust our children to God. We trust their future to him. We trust their safety to him. We trust their faith to God. We can't save our kids. We're called to lead our kids in the ways of the Lord, to, to train them and to teach them. But we can't save them. That's what God does, and we have to... Give that to him and trust him for that. Joe. Yeah, like Matt said, it isn't um, easy or 
possible for us to be the ones that save our kids. It is a work of God and parenting isn't easy. In fact, it is an impossible task in and of ourselves. Um, We cannot do it by ourselves or without God. We are in desperate need of him on a day to day, moment by moment, hour by hour, minute by minute um, (laughs) basis. And um, one of the reasons that parenting isn't easy is because one, you're parenting from an by an imperfect person like our parenting isn't perfect but you're also parenting imperfect people and um one of the temptations that I often fall into is wanting to control behavior wanting to just kind of like oh if I could just make this thing stop if you could just be quiet if you could just do this and actually we don't control anyone um one of the favorite phrases in our house is the only person you can control is yourself and so there's moments where as parents we're wanting to control or siblings are wanting to take control but actually the only person you can control is you and um and actually in the in the kind of tussle for control it's wanting it's always coming back and saying actually God you're in control and actually we don't want to just control our kids we don't want to just have outwardly appearing well-behaved children we actually want their hearts to be changed we're looking for an internal thing a heart change not a external thing of like oh well your behavior looks good on the outside or when you're being watched you're well behaved but actually we're looking for their hearts to be changed and their hearts to be moved and we're not like Matt says we're preparing them for the next steps the next things and actually ultimately we want to be preparing our kids for eternity that one day they're going to come face to face with Jesus and we're going to want of Jesus to say to them well done good and faithful servant we're not going to be like wanting them to say oh you did well at school or you um, got a really great job but actually you lived a life that was worshipful and pleasing to me and so in our parenting that's what we're going for we're not going for quick easy fixes we're going for hearts that are changed that will then in turn be changing other hearts around them influencing um, people around them and um, it's trusting that uh, those unseen things, because actually you can't see heart change all the time. You get to see glimpses of it, and it's beautiful and encouraging. And earlier we were singing a song, when the darkest shades are all we see, you're the everlasting light. And not that it's always dark shades, but sometimes it's easier to see like the missed moments and the dark moments rather than the moments when heart change is happening. But that's when we come and we lean more into Jesus and be like, you're the one actually that's bringing about change the best thing that I can do for my kid now is to pray for them is to bring them before you is to come and say would you change their hearts would you be the one that is um, working in them even when I can't see it it's our faith is believing that God is about doing something there's those wonderful verses that he who began a good work in you will see it through to completion and that we can pray that and believe that for our children too and so much of parenting is repetition, is saying things over and over and again, but even we get to be recipients of God's parenting of us too. Unfortunately, he finds it a lot easier than we do, but actually just to repeatedly be telling them truths about who they are in God, who God is, what he's called them to, something higher. And um, actually so much of our parenting is 
us reminding our own hearts of what I said earlier of just like, actually, I can't control anyone. The only person I can control is me. And so actually checking my behavior too often, I find myself shouting, stop shouting at each other. And it's like, oh, no, that I've missed it. That's not like the point. That isn't what we're going for here. We're... Um, we're going for hearts changed and lives impacted with the truth and grace of the gospel that they find their own saving faith, not that they're just living out a set of rules and regulations that we've laid down to have some kind of peaceful life or something. Semi. The faith that we see in Hebrews 11, uh, as Joe's been beginning to talk about, is also a faith that receives grace from God because all of us parent out of the grace of God all of you who are watching this who uh, aren't parents we all live and enjoy the grace of God but we we act we live our lives out from the grace of God and all of us as parents we live with a with a parenting gap in our life we live between with a gap between what we know and what we do and that's true for everybody watching this. There's what we know, uh, the way we would love to live our lives, the way we wake up in the morning and decide we're going to live, and then the reality of what life actually looks like. And there's often a big gap in the middle there. And perhaps in this season of lockdown, that looks has looked more obvious for you. Um, if you're trying to educate your children at home, you might start the day with a very clear plan and a great picture in your head of what you want the education for your kids to look like, like, look like that day. And then by 10 o'clock, it's back to the drawing board and starting again. And you're aware of the gap between how you'd like things to be and how they are and how you'd like to be living your life and what it actually, what it actually looks like. And that can be very discouraging and uncomfortable for us. A verse I found really helpful is in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Where it says, now, to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us. You see, as Joe said before, parenting is it's impossible. If we try and do it in our own strength, it's impossible. And we have a God who is able to do far more abundantly, exceedingly more than we're able to do. But yet, the really key part of that verse where it says, according to the power at work within us, it's not what God doesn't do is say, I'll just, just, uh, I'll, I'll take that away and I'll go and fix it for you. It's not like we just have to sit here and say, oh, I'd really like my kids to learn Latin and then, Jesus, could you make that happen? And then suddenly, kazam, they can, they can all write and understand Latin. That's not how it works. What God does through the power of the Holy Spirit is when we ask for his help, he fills us and then he works through us. It says in 2 Corinthians 12, my grace is sufficient for you. God's grace is enough for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I'll boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. He's given us all we need. And it's in our weakness that he's strong. 
So when as a parent you feel like you just reach the end of yourselves, we find that experience fairly regularly when one of us will go to the other and say, I've just, I've just done, I haven't got anything left, I'm, I'm, I'm out. What we try and do as a couple is, is in those moments, just pray and not try and give one another a pep talk and try and motivate one another, but just say, well, let's, and whoever's struggling, the other one will say, well, let's just pray and we'll just bring ourselves to God and ask for his help and ask for the Holy Spirit to help us. And he does. He does. And it's not like a magic wand and suddenly, not like we've just drunk a spiritual energy drink and off we go. But we suddenly find, we find a strength and a, and a grace. And God helps us. His grace reaches you in your weakest moments. And it's in those moments he works most wonderfully. His power is released to work within our lives. Yeah, so true, so good. Um, it's often me that's coming to Matt and going, I'm out. And Matt always says to me, it's the best place to be. And I always am like, oh, I know you're right, but that's so painful to hear when you're like someone who likes to be like efficient and <laughs> in and of themselves quite strong and capable and then just being like, oh no, my place of weakness is actually where God starts using me the most. And I actually love... Um, Hebrews 11, um, just listing off these heroes of faith, um, but also knowing that they're flawed heroes, that they're not perfect in any stretch. If you go back through the Old Testament reading, just some of, you know, the lead up to their kind of moments of like working through their trials and tribulations to be listed as heroes of faith. They actually walked like massive suffering, massive hardship, massive challenges. Even the story of Sarah, who was an incredible mother, and yet her initial response to the promise of God was to laugh and just be like, that's impossible, that can't happen. And yet when she then realizes just kind of the power of God, the promise of God, she then is in awe and wonder and fear of God in a right way, a right fear of God of just acknowledging, oh, wow, this incredible God who knows me and loves me, knows how I'm formed, knows how I'm made, actually is going to bring about this incredible miracle. That's why I've really loved reading that book that we mentioned, The Good God, because it just talks about God the Father before he was creator or ruler, he was a father from eternity past, always a father, always has been a father. And so actually, as um, all of these um, heroes of faith in Hebrews 11, although they're flawed, they know who they're coming to. They know um, who God is and who they are, who are, who they're um, placing their faith and their trust in is not their circumstances or how they're going to work out the promise. Although we see that Sarah does try and work out, the pro out her promise for herself, it's actually like, oh no, I need to come to the one who is able to bring about the promises. And we too are flawed and we are ones who make mistakes and give in to moments of fear and anxiety, particularly around this um, COVID-19 season. Like there's been moments of fear and anxiety, some completely foolish on my part and others that have felt more valid. But then it's like coming and reminding our hearts that actually we come to God and our lives are hidden now 
um, in him and those moments don't define who we are, that we belong to him. And in Ephesians 2, it says, for we are his workmanship, which means he's working on us. He's created us, but he's still working on our hearts, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in him. And so even in our parenting moments, even in our parenting during fear and anxiety, actually there's works that God has prepared ahead of us that we get to walk in and not walk in alone, but just, I think, a truth that we just keep continually coming back to is like, yeah, there are moments that are hard. There are things that we're finding that are fearful and tricky and you don't understand. And yes, it's difficult that you're not getting to see your friends at school. And yes, you miss um, going to school for some of our kids. Others aren't so worried. But, um, but actually, it's just that constantly reminding and reassuring them that actually in faith we can trust that God doesn't leave us alone in those moments, but he walks with us in them. It's not like Matt said, he doesn't remove them or fix them for us, but he comes near to us. And so we just want to, you know, just keep reminding our own hearts, but encourage you again today that just in every moment that God is drawing near to you, even in this season, even in the season of uncertainty, even in the moments where you feel weakest and flawed and not very much like a hero at all, that actually God just keeps coming towards us. And um, yeah, and just knowing that that the wobbles don't change our identity. They don't change our belonging to him and that he is working in us and through us and he's for us, working for our good and for his glory. Yes, Joe said we all, as parents, will suffer wobbles. You know, we all, we all need grace to administer grace to others. We all need to be rescued daily as a parent, you might feel like you need to be rescued from your kids. <laughs> but that's not how it works. We need to be rescued from, our, from ourselves, from the sin in our hearts. We need to be rescued. And wonderfully, Hebrews 11 turns the page to Hebrews chapter 12, where it talks about Jesus being the founder and perfecter of our faith. It talks in Hebrews 5 about Jesus being perfectly obedient, where we're faithless, where we stumble, where we wobble and where we have parenting mishaps and life, misadventures and mistakes, he was faithful. He was perfectly obedient. See, these heroes of the faith, what they were doing in Hebrews 11 is they had a, a future faith. They were they could see into the future, into that which hadn't come to pass yet. And they laid their hands on it and by faith pulled that future promises in, into the present and then stood on those. And we get to do that as well. But we also have the privilege of being able to have a faith that looks back, that looks back to what Jesus has done for us. And we're able to grab hold of that and by faith drag that into the present. And we can come and ask for forgiveness and receive his forgiveness. That is just as much an act of faith as any of these heroic steps we see in Hebrews 11. It's just as much faith to be able to come to Jesus and say, I'm, I'm sorry, I've failed. I need your help. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace and mercy to flood over my life again.
because by bringing our sins, our mistakes, our parenting mishaps to him, by receiving his forgiveness, we then stand again in faith, not in our own accomplishments, our own steps of victory. We, we stand in what Jesus has done, in his finished work for us, his grace and mercy poured out for us. Joe's going to pray for us, and then we're going to hand over to the worship band. Father God, we thank you so much that you are a good father. Thank you that you are faithful to all of your promises. Thank you that everything that you've shown us of yourself is as true the moment that we first believed it today and it will be tomorrow and the next day and the next day. I thank you that you are a firm footing. Thank you that you're a firm foundation. Thank you that you are one in whom we can put our trust and God, we just want to thank you so much for the gift of parenting. We thank you that we are parented by the perfect parent. God, we thank you that you have parented us perfectly and you equip us and you give us all that we need for life and godliness. Thank you that that is your promise to us in scripture, that you give us everything that we need. God, and I just want to pray for every single person who is watching at home today, that they would just know you drawing so close to them in this season, knowing that you want to do them good, knowing that you have plans to prosper them and to give them a hope and a future, knowing that you are a steadfast, safe place to stand, knowing that you are building a steadfastness in us that maybe we can't even see yet, but we do want to just be those who look to the future, pulling future promises towards ourselves, but also looking back on the finished work of Jesus, standing on that firm footing that his work is finished, that he is now seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding on our behalf. We pray that that truth would penetrate our hearts and minds today. Would you do us good in Jesus' name? Amen.